All right, welcome into Burn After Listening, episode 46. I'm uh, joined by a very special guest here today. You know him, you love him, the old row intern, Intern Watts. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I know you as well. I mean, you've just seen my profile. I realize you've never seen my face before, so it's kind of Yeah, new. never seen your face, still don't know your name, Yeah, but you like all my tweets, so I love you. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Uh, I've, I've been posted, then you followed me on the old row on the old row page as well. So the feelings mutual. Great. Yeah, I'll tell you my name after. Don't worry. Okay, sounds good. I like the anonymity um, of it. Anonymity. I like the anonymity of it. That's yeah. And I uh, just discovered that I can say anonymity. Oh, I fucked it up. But I was feeling <laughs> really hot about myself for three seconds right there you're good i was very impressed as well because i was thinking about it. i was like oh dude you th-? i was like i wonder if i could say that right now and i almost tried to but no anonymity is probably one of the harder words you can say i would agree except Absolutely. the n-word <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um so yeah kicking us off there um you know i wanted to just ask you know how'd you get your start into old row how did uh how'd you get to where you are today so I started at Old Row when I was a freshman in college. So this was in 2018-2019. I went to the University of Wisconsin, go Badgers. And I thought I had visions of grandeur of playing on the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh but I also was rushing a frat at the same time as I was supposed to be working out, which I was working out, but it's like when you're pledging and getting hazed 24 seven, it doesn't really fit well into your schedule. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say my discipline was there. And I'm also uh, six foot tall uh, and 190 pounds. Now I'm actually fat as hell, way fatter than I used to be. Um, Same. So that never really panned out. And then, so I just was, I was always a barstool fan and, Mm -hmm. Chef Donnie at the time was the guy who was running Badger Barstool. Mm-hmm. So I hit him up uh, to see if I could run Badger Barstool. And he kind of ghosted me. And I said, all right, we're cool. And then um, I saw that Old Row was posting. They need, they wanted new reps. So I started Old Row, Wisconsin um, mm-hmm. my freshman year. And then I grew that account pretty quickly within a year and a half to about 15,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And then it was COVID. And so normally Old Row used to have a whole crop of interns. We used to have an office in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so I was the last ever Old Row intern. Well, I don't know about ever. We might have another one. But 2020, like normally they bring in four or five interns. And so this year they were like, hey, you know, we're – Strap for cash. Everybody's. I mean, I don't even know strap for cash. It's not like I was anywhere close to the business, but yeah, yeah. I think Barcelona in general, and just like I don't know the world in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was not doing so hot. So I I interviewed, and that was the last interview I ever had to do. I got. Um, I interned in Dallas for two months, summer of 2020. So that was interesting. I was literally the only person that was in the old row office. That's sick. Uh, and everybody else was working from home. So I kind of just went there and would make videos by myself. I kind of, I mean, I thought that I was going to be able to like make videos with people, mm-hmm. but they yeah, just yeah. like didn't show up. 
and then they uh, forever didn't show up because uh, a lot of them got laid off uh, midway through my internship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> then, like Old Row was literally just uh, me and Swig, Old Row Swig, if you guys know him, and also too, it was it was uh, unfortunate. I did love all my old bosses and they gave me yeah, you yeah. Know, the opportunities of a lifetime. We used to even have a podcast called old row radio mm-hmm. shout out to koozie. Um, and he's doing well and he's, uh, now, you know, he's the guy that definitely helped me out the most for sure. And he's, uh, now a grad school at USC. So he's doing well. And then, um, uh, another guy, Brett, who ended up failing upwards as well. And I think he's now with, uh, I think it's called, I think it's, not wash media. Um, it's like, uh, 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 <laughs> what's like, it's like doing things media or something like uh, drunk. Is it, do- is it circling back pod? No, 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 no. It's like, no, I'm saying That's it's not wash. Media. It's not, it's yeah. not washed. Okay, okay. It's not anything to do with that. He, he works with like Bob does sports. Like he does like doing things. I think it's what's okay. called doing things. Media yeah. Company. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, that was just my whole end around. So it didn't seem like I slighted them or in, in any way. But because that happened, I was uh, able to kind of be able to propel at such a quick pace up the ranks, I should say, mm-hmm. to Old Row. And so my junior and senior year of college, I was a full-time intern. So I was running the pages yeah while i was in school and then graduated and swig gave me a job and so here we are uh about a year and a half later well i mean it's been i guess about five and a half years now working okay, at Old wow. Row, which that's a school. long timeline yeah and it's it's it was great because i mean most people especially when they graduate and you know are out of college and even in college, you know, everybody's freaking out about this, that, and third. And so it's pretty nice for me to kind of already have everything like streamlined and everything mm-hmm, yeah. like that I ever wanted. I'm able to do right now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate, but I do, I do work very hard. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's always a little bit of both, which is nice, but yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome, man. I, and I want to kind of dive a little bit more into that, but really quick, you said you were pl- trying to play football at the university of Wisconsin. Yeah. So I was a solid football player. I actually played eight man football, um, for my high school in San mm-hmm. Francisco, California. I went to a very small private school in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Um, and we had an eight man football team mm-hmm. and I pretty much dominated, which is not that hard to do. Yeah. But <laughs> I had 18 and a half sacks my senior year, for example. Okay. Wow. And we played like eight games throughout the year. Yeah, so yeah. I was yeah, averaging yeah. like three and a half sacks a game. That's because, sick. Because you were playing kids every single, I mean, our team had like, 36 40 guys mm-hmm. but we were we were pretty good for eight-man football teams as they go because most eight-man football teams are just like a ton of freshmen and then you know you're lining up against an 18 year old or whatever uh yeah, I guess right. a 14 year old on the offensive line so i would just like grab them throw them aside and go hit the, the quarterback yeah, um, yeah. 
but we were we were i mean a fucking powerhouse but it is embarrassing to say uh but either way my tape looked really good and then uh (laughs) so i could have uh there were a couple schools that I could have gone play D three college for, but I yeah, yeah. didn't really want to do that because I probably I, I don't do well with like authority and uh-huh. I don't do well with like everybody knowing who I am in terms of like uh, academia. I've gone in trouble in school countless, countless times. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of figured it's probably not the the smartest idea to go to a school of like eight hundred kids and uh-huh. it's Jesuit and you know. If I get caught with a beer in my hand, they're gonna fuck me over. So yeah, I just, right. Uh, <laughs> I decided to go for the bigger school route where okay, nice. That didn't matter as much. And then, yeah, I just emailed a bunch of Wisconsin coaches, and they off they walked me. They did a whole tour of Camp Randall and the facilities, which was mm-hmm. cool. And uh, it's funny because my dad is he's not a sports guy whatsoever. Yeah. Um. And the funniest thing was when I went on my quote unquote recruiting trip, um, he said he gave me insoles to put into my shoes mm-hmm. and I was just so flabbergasted. And I was like, what the fuck? He's like, hell yeah. Make him think you're six, four or something. I was like, my guy, <laughs> <laughs> and so I put them, I put them in my insoles and it was just, it was my sister and I who went up there and the funniest thing, they absolutely bought it. They were like, holy really? shit, dude. You said you were six foot, but like you look six three, maybe six four right now. And I said, yeah. "Oh," and I, I just said, "Oh well." And then here's here's what what happened though. What fucking sucked. Right after like the biggest high of my life, where like I thought that I had swindled yeah, Division One yeah. football coaches into thinking that I was six foot four. They say, uh, you know, the guys looking at me saying, "Oh, six two, six three." I said, "You know what?" Screw it. We'll just go downstairs and we'll take your measurements. And I was like, no, no. So like Damn. he had me like, you know, take off my shoes and, you know, put me on the scale and all that shit. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then from there they offered me like a, it was called um, a spring walk on spot. And so I had like a, a like a routine of, of things that I yeah. was, you know, weightlifting stuff and sprint stuff. But so they, they offered you a spot, even though that you, you rused them on the height. Like, did they know, like, were they just like, Oh, it must've been the shoes. What happened there? They didn't really offer me a spot. It was, they, they had phrased it like that. I got a spot, but then mm-hmm. nothing formalized out of it. And then right. after one spring hit, I was emailing them and then they just ghosted me. And then I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but I always, I always like to lie and tell people that I played on the Wisconsin team. Cause that's more fun. And I don't oh, like, yeah. I don't really care if people check me on it. I mean, yeah, right. Fuck, fuck it. I played, like, <laughs> I played like club college hockey and I like was actually average over a point a game. And I just tell chicks it was D3 NCAA. They don't, yeah, they don't sure, know. Why not? Yeah. Line sick. I mean, especially I'm not as much of a liar. I'm more of uh, I'm more hyperbolic. Like I, I just yeah. love to, I just love to, to gas whatever I'm doing times a thousand, but I'm yeah, not, yeah. I will say I'm not a liar, but I, I will a thousand percent. Like, I don't know if, if I saw, um, a, you know, a homeless guy on the street, I would just tell you like, yeah, dude, there was this guy shooting up fentanyl and then he went over, ran across the block, grabbed a gun and <laughs> shot at the store. Like, I don't know what, but yeah, <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Um, okay. Nice. And then, so, I, so you played football in high school. Um, and I kind of want to get into uh, uh, some of your content right now. So, you know, you, 
were at the Alabama game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. and you snuck in Fireball because they weren't serving uh serving alcohol. And you know, my first question on this is very early in the video is you like you were dancing a little bit, throwing your arms out and you almost bumped into a security guard. He stopped and said something to you, but you couldn't yeah. hear it in the video. What did he say? Oh, he was just telling me to stop fucking around. But then I was kind of also I was being I was pretty being pretty flagrant at that point. Yeah. Um but then also you, you know and my buddies uh slash coworker Grant, Ryan and Cat were with me. And they were saying like, yo, watch, you got to cool it. And I'm like, you know what? No, like we're at the SC championship game. What are they yeah. going to do? Fucking put me in jail for dancing too much yeah, in the right. stadium, which was now granted, they could have put me in jail. Had they known that I had a bunch of fireball strapped to me, like Osama <laughs> bin Laden. But yeah. I mean, other than that, mm. if, if you just saw a, a guy dancing in the stadium, I mean, I was doing twirls and a spin. It's like, yeah. What are you going to do? Say, Wasn't bad at all, yeah. No fun allowed. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. let's see. So, yeah, I mean, he pretty much just told me to calm down, but I was like, this is like the one place where I'm supposed to just be going crazy. I mean, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, they just – sometimes people fucking hate fun. Um, my other the, thing- Well, I guess – I don't know. It's not that important. But uh, the, the great irony is that Georgia just – um, you know, announced that they're going to start selling beer and liquor at their stadiums. Which nice. and, and Georgia was the sole reason why at the SEC championship game they did not sell booze there because Alabama okayed it, the SEC okayed it. The only like group of people that didn't okay it was Georgia. That's fucked. Yeah. Jesus. Well, um, the, the other thing in that video too is that you were like handing it out. Like when when I want to get drunk, man, I would have been like, you know, keeping it all for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that for sure. I mean, I definitely started to regret that a little bit. I always do that though. Like I, I always make rash decisions, but yeah, yeah. Um, I did think it would it would make for more fun, um, a more fun video, and then also just getting the crowd on my side. I thought was important. Yeah. Um, Very as true. opposed to having everybody hate me, so. <laughs> uh, and and i had definitely i i had a i had had enough uh for that day anyway so okay. i wasn't wasn't too sad about it that's that's fair fair enough did uh did, did there any like blowout or anything happen from the stadium like did they email you or anything like that or you're just good? no but i did end up taking down the video on instagram just because i think i ended up like putting it back up but um just because it's a sponsor, I was kind of scared that Fireball was going to say something about it. They ended up not saying anything about it, which mm-hmm. in hindsight, it should have just kept it up. It's just kind of interesting, like dealing with sponsors. You, mm-hmm. they, they have like specific things they don't want you to do, but then when you do everything, everything solves itself. If the video mm-hmm. does well and yeah. you do well. And so if you, it's better to just, ask for forgiveness rather than permission because mm-hmm. for the nine times 99% of the time if i know it's going to be a funny good video and maybe it's touching the line of like bad versus good yeah then i know that it's better to just post the video and fire it off as opposed to ask them because they're going to be like legally required to be like oh no like you can't do that that's part of our bylaws blah blah blah, blah, blah. but mm-hmm. right in reality it's not going to matter too much but if anybody from Fireball asks, that video does not exist anymore. Um, okay. 
Well, I mean, they listen to this show, so like, I'll, I'll <laughs> I be know. Sure to... <laughs> I figured, I figured they're on here right now. <laughs> I was so gonna I'll say sure something else, know. though. What was I gonna say? This isn't from good, good podcasting right now, but I yeah, had, no, I no. had something I had to say, but I'll, I'll think about it later. Yeah, we can, we could circle back to it. Sure. Um, so just kind of speaking in terms of your content too, has there been like a favorite video or a piece of content that you've gotten to make, whether it was like a project that you really wanted to make and thought it would do well, or just something that it like blew up and you're like, okay, wow. Like that was awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's been, a, there, there've been a few things that I, I've really enjoyed. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of my favorite videos do not have a lot of views on them. For mm-hmm. example, Last year, my buddies and I, we dressed up as, uh, I, I was got into a Met Gala outfit and they dressed up that. as my uh, security guards yeah, and yeah, yeah. my paparazzi. And, um, yeah, it just did not, <laughs> it has like three likes on YouTube. My YouTube is just, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard for me to grow on there, I guess, but yeah. Either way, that that video I thought was was really good, and I think a lot of the long form videos that I make, I'm the most proud of. It's just mm-hmm. a bummer that they don't get as much traction, just yeah. since people have. And I get it. I, I'm the same way. It's just you know, I have the attention span of a goldfish. You know, you yeah. want something that you're gonna watch for 30 seconds and move on with your day. So I mean that 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 one I really liked. Um, I really liked also one that I I could not post. Um, but I wanted to was I went outside of the comedy cellar mm-hmm. and I looked up like just like racist jokes online, but like not like really racist jokes, but just yeah. like edgy and offensive jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like literally just I don't know, bad jokes on the internet. Yeah. And I went in front of like the line waiting for the comedy cellar. And I just said the jokes. And then that was also the time where Barstool was owned by Penn and Mincy yeah. had just gone fired for saying the naughty word. Yeah. And so they just said, don't post it. But now I feel like I honestly could probably post it. It's really not that bad. I mean, it's, it's straight up just like seventh grade humor. Yeah. Um, right. And I thought it was, it was, it's a fantastic idea for a video. It was actually pretty funny because I had comedians who had just watched me like do the video, like yeah. actual, not actual, like, you know, wasn't like Chappelle was coming up to me, but yeah, yeah. guys that were like handing out flyers and telling people to go to clubs. They were, they were like, what the fuck do you just do right there? And I said, well, I don't know. I just, I just did stand up in front of the line and they were like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> honestly. And, and I thought to myself, if I was a comedian and I really wanted to like make it yeah. in that specific like lane, if you're worried, like, why, why would you, you know, be some sort of jockey for these comedy clubs and pass out flyers and they will give you a vodka soda at the end of the night and maybe five minutes of stage time. Like, yeah, I feel like you could legitimately, if you were an actual stand-up comedian, you can go, you can live in New York, go from club to club. I mean, they'll eventually start chasing you out, I imagine, but you pull up with a cameraman, you have your set and you just start doing stand-up in front of the line because there's always a standby line in front of every major club mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty brilliant idea on my part. Uh, now, maybe next time I'll just do like Yo Mama jokes, which I did do some Yo Mama <laughs> jokes. Um, but it, it, it's it's a great video, and I hope that it sees the light of day one time. 
Um, so we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, dude, if you uh, if you want me to post it on my channel or like my blog, <laughs> happy to do that for you. I give you all the credit. Um, have you done stand up before in the past? No, you know, uh, it, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I think I'd be really good at it, but um, you know, it. I'm just a pussy. I'm just very afraid of. I don't know why, because mm -hmm. I, I'm more than willing to get up on stage and, and like, you know, scream my heart out and just, I don't know, party with college kids and make videos and stuff like that. But yeah. there's just something I, I, you know, need to kind of nut up and get on stage one time. But there's just something like extremely frightening about doing yeah. stand up comedy. It's like standing on top of a cliff to me. Yeah. Um, so I hope that, you know, one day I conquer that fear. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I do. I, th I think you are very funny. I think your account's funny as well, but I, I would agree that it's dude, it's like, it's daunting to think about up there too. Yeah. Because the biggest thing, it's like immediate gratification for people laughing at your joke. And if they don't laugh, you're like, fuck, I'm not funny. Yeah. And that's why I, I really always give all the credit in the world to anybody out there who's trying anybody out there that's doing, because it's just it, putting yourself out there is really extremely difficult. And uh, obviously people will say, Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like it's stupid. You're just like making videos and you're, you know, obviously, yeah, it's not as like stressful as being, I don't know, a CIA agent, but um, mm -hmm. on the internet specifically, there are a lot of, you know, just really hateful and rude people um, who go after creators who are just trying um to see what sticks trying to you know make a name for themselves trying whatever they want to do yeah reaching their goals and there are a lot of people that wish they were doing the same thing as those creators that they make fun of but they're not actually trying because mm -hmm. again like i just talked about doing stand-up comedian like the i'm a firm believer of like if you want to do something all you have to do is go do it like there's mm -hmm. so many people that will sit in their beds like me and talk about, oh yeah, one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the best stand-up comedian of all time, mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of people talk about, oh yeah, I just I have to wait for the right time, I have to wait to be noticed or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and I see it all the time with social media. I mean, even with our old rep accounts, right? Like mm -hmm. I was at the University of Wisconsin, and a lot of reps say, oh yeah, well like you need to feature me more on the main page, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I always just say, Hey, it's all about, you know, self-actualization. Like if you want to go mm -hmm. big on the internet, you just have to keep pumping out videos. You know, yeah. if you want to go big on the internet, you just have to keep posting. Like it, I, I don't care if you have uh, a page of 2.4 million followers backing you or not. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to get anything done. Like, or, or sorry, it's not like I don't care, but like I'm saying, if, if you're going to, be successful in social media in this entertainment industry, then you have to really take it upon yourself to mm -hmm. just go and do it as opposed to talk about doing things and ask yeah, for resources agree. and say, I need a producer and say, I need a you know cameraman. I need this, that, and the third. And it's like, yeah, it's obviously nice to have those things when, when I do get them, but mm -hmm. for the most part, I have to go out and, and do it all myself. Yeah. And that's pretty much anybody that wants to get into it. And so like, I guess to bring it back to my original point, you know, even if I don't think a video is funny or if I don't think a creator is interesting or I'm like, oh man, this person like does not deserve 
what they have. Yeah. Um, I, you know, think about how much work that they probably put into it. And, and I also say, you know, people will say that same thing about me too. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't want to be hypocritical. I always, um, am a firm believer in easy to criticize, hard to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of things with like the people that are like negative to creators online is like, they're just, they're jealous that they don't like, they have what they don't have either. They, yeah. They're not like captivating enough, funny enough, the drive to do it, like you said, or anything like that. And so they like take it out on them. It's like, well, like you could do this too. If you just like were comfortable starting at zero. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. I could not have summarized it better. Anybody can do it. You just actually have to do it, you know? And, yeah. and you, like, I'm not the funniest person on earth. Mm-hmm. I'm probably funnier than people who are way more successful than me and have way more followers than me, but they work yeah. way harder than I do. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be comfortable with starting from zero. Absolutely. And so it's just, it, it, when you, when you do this, it's, it's just really, it, it definitely, you, you gain a whole new perspective. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I get even myself, I just get like horrible DMS and text messages and you Mm -hmm. have to learn to brush it off easily, easily, easily. So it doesn't like really affect me. But at the same time, I'm like, Hey guys, like you're just, you're going out of your way to make somebody else's day worse. And I don't really think that it's going to make your day any better either. So you're just being hateful to be hateful. Um, dude, the funniest the funniest piece of hate that I got, I like released merch. Someone bought merch to get the support email, told me yeah. to kill myself and then canceled their order. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I was like, dude, I was like, you know what, man? Like that guy deserved it. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I, yeah, I mean, for merch is the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, I, once again, like I, I'd like to think that I sometimes take life by the reins. For example, in high school, you know, I, I wanted to work for Barcel. I was too young mm. and I said, Oh, you know, I want to start selling shirts. So I just 16, 17 years old, I started printing shirts that said fresh on them and I would sell them to other high schoolers. And mm-hmm. some people would call me stupid and, you know, lame and all this other shit. And then I went to outside lands and, you know, I carried a box full of my merch yeah. around the festival and not a single person bought one. Um, and so it's just like, it's so defeating because you think about, oh yeah, like it's just so easy to just create a brand to create, uh, you know, your public image and then people just buy into it, but it's just so much more work than that. Then the happy story to all that is I did end up when I joined my fraternity, all my fraternity brothers, uh, bought all the shirts that I made and they really loved them and wore them. So it was, it was cool, you know, when that happened. Um, but you know, it, it took me instead of just talking about how I want to create a a t-shirt brand or same with you, you know, like, Hey, maybe one day I'll put out merch. Like you really just have to, Hey, buck up, spend $500 on some shirts, print out whatever design you want and see if it works. And most people aren't willing to take the chance of themselves. So for stuff like that, you know, it's, you should feel extremely proud of yourself. I think. Yeah, I I would agree. And then another thing too, it's like, if it doesn't work, then like you, you learn something and the next time you do it, it probably will be successful a little more. Yeah. A thousand percent. I've learned a ton. Um, yeah, especially about shirts and branding and all that stuff. Yeah. So kind of, kind of on that note too, there was another brand that got pretty big. It was, uh, pants beers and you were, you were pretty big on those. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was big on pants beers. People hated them. I don't know why. Yeah, I know. Um, 
I, uh, I had a burner actually DM me questions cause he knew I was going to interview you and he had two for you there. He said, is it worth walking around with wet pants after, and have you ever gotten denied an Uber ride for having soaking wet pants? So I, that's the funny thing is I've done it one time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and also too, I, so I did it at the giants game, giants Packers mm-hmm. Monday night game. And I wore these, uh, basically waterproof pants and so i just aimed it first of all it wasn't a full beer and then i just aimed it down the leg of my pant and and it all just wicked down to the floor so i wasn't Mm -hmm. soaking wet and i hopped on the train and when i got home i showered and changed and everything was good yeah yeah and then you know I I just I loved it because to me it just was total college nostalgia Mm -hmm. It's not something I would go out and like go to a bar and do a pants beer and then, yeah. you know, spend four hours in soggy pants. But yeah, yeah. I like really like I, I, I like really connected in a weird way of like I think one one time I saw this video of a bunch of guys in their frat house like Saturday morning. Like that those were always like some of the best days in college where yeah. you wake up and it could be, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fucking Thursday or Tuesday. But just when people are ready to get active and start having fun, like you wake up and just you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are just drinking at, you know, ten, eleven AM. And so for me it's like, oh yeah, you pour you pour your your beer down your pants, your and then you go back to your room. You get changed yeah. and you get ready to go. So I mean, yeah, I I do think you're kind of an idiot if you decide to do that. You know, <laughs> at a sweaty club at, at yeah, midnight. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't think a pants beer really hurt anybody. A little yeah. morning pants beer at, at nine a.m. like that <laughs> didn't hurt nobody. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I loved it. And then I don't know why everybody hated on it. Everybody, but. Old row, like specifically, I, I love our followers. I think it's pretty funny. Like, we have a very like distinct follower, um, mm-hmm. but they also they can't make up their minds. They can't decide yeah. what they like and what they hate. Um, they're very particular. We're one of the few brands where we go back and forth in the comments with the people, mm-hmm. and so, like, I'll have. I remember when I was posting pants beers, uh, one of the videos underneath, some guy said, I remember when Old Row used to post hot chicks, frat stuff, um, and like, I don't know, guys burning themselves on fire or something like that. And I said, uh, I didn't actually respond to it, but yeah, literally, if I post like a hot chick, people are like, the, the comments are just flooded with whore, fatherless activities, go read a Bible, this yeah. is disgusting. So right. I'm like, okay, well, we just posted a chick. You guys dogged on her. Let's go <laughs> to the next one. Anytime we post frat stuff, now, granted, like, uh, it's also, too, these are just the comments, right? Right, like, right. All those videos, they've got thousands of likes. So the vast majority of people enjoy them, but it's just the commenters. Mm-hmm. So it's like we post frat stuff, and you'll have, like, I don't know, military or, you know, guys who never went to college saying, like, oh, yeah, daddy's money, blah, blah, blah yeah right and i'm also then i'm a little bit like hey guys do you guys know what fucking page you're following it's literally called old roads yeah. based on <laughs> fraternity stuff yeah uh and then the other thing is that people get mad at us for things that are completely out of our control 
we yeah. want to post videos of fights. We want to post videos of people being uh, getting you know throwing up. We want to post videos yeah, right. of tits, blood, as much like you know funny but on the line type mm-hmm. of videos. But we just can't because Instagram um, has had our page in a shadow ban for probably five years. Yeah, and you know they don't allow any of that stuff and tiktok's just the same so pretty much the last bastion of hope is is twitter and then i guess rumble now too but (laughs) either way so people get mad at us for not they say oh yeah it used to be way edgier five years ago and it's like yeah it did used to be way edgier we we want to still be as edgy but yeah, unfortunately just, like, limited with what you can do yeah unfortunately we can't post the same stuff that we used to i mean they'll, 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 they give us strikes for posting blue blues um they've Jeez. given us strikes for there was actually like a really fat guy who had his shirt out and so like it just looked like he had tits and they yeah. gave us a strike <laughs> for that you know uh <laughs> jesus fucking christ <laughs> and we definitely poked the bear because we post the political stuff so i think what happens right. is is that you know some beta male looks at one of our posts and they say oh trump and then you know once the trump flag goes up they say all right boys let's see where we can get them and then they yeah, go right. through our account and they say because uh but they won't be able to get us on a political post but what they'll just do is they'll say oh well I'm sure we can find something else in there. And then they yeah. give us, they fuck us for that. So, I mean, We're that's not. at least how I think it works. So that's gotta be extremely tough to be able to kind of manage that and know what you can and can't post. Is it just kind of like something you've learned along the way where you're like, ah, oh, we should like lean off of this one. Or do you guys have like, maybe like a guideline that you follow? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we just have kind of learned through trial and error. Then obviously Barstool mm-hmm. helps us out a lot, which is like new Instagram guidelines and stuff. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of have to learn what they want you to post and what they don't want you to post. But then you also kind of have to balance it. Like, well, I know this video is going to be kind of edgy, but I know that it's going to blow up. So it's just like, I, you sometimes just have to bite the bullet and take the risk for it. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're pretty cautious about it. And then the other thing is too, is like, my boss wig, you know, and I, I, I love him for this, but at the same time, uh, you know, there's be some videos where he'd be like, all right, I'm going to post this onto Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if Instagram is going to really like this, but it's your brand. And so then like, yeah. you know, we'll sometimes like we'll get popped for it. But also like, that's what I love about old roads. Like we, we want to stay true to the brand as much as possible. So, yeah. you know, uh i think it's i think it, at the end of the day it's good for us because um we still need some of that edginess and we still need something that sets us apart from just a regular instagram aggregator um right. that just finds viral videos and, and puts them up so um i think that there's there's some positive to that uh mm-hmm. and yeah. just being very gung-ho about posting things yeah, absolutely there. Um, I wanted to ask too, how how involved is Swig still? Or is it mainly like you're just kind of running the show with socials or how often are you interacting with him? So, I mean, Swig, I talk to pretty much every day. Uh, you know, he's the head honcho, mm-hmm. um, best boss in the world. Like, I'm not even kidding. He's he's like a legitimately fantastic boss. Yeah. Um, very like no frills, fun guy. You know, it's 
I, I love him because he's just constantly direct straight to the point. It's mm-hmm. he gets annoyed when people uh, email him like salutations, good greetings, blah, 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 blah. It's yeah, just yeah. like, dude, just ask me a goddamn question. Yeah. So that's why I really like working with him. And, uh, you know, like I, I'd like to think that I understand his tendencies as well. So it's like, I know, you know, like yeah, yeah. how to navigate that relationship. And then, yeah, I mean, he does, um, you know, a ton of work. Uh, he, I mainly do like most of, most of the like main page and, uh, mm-hmm. sports posting. I'd say it's probably about 75% me and then probably 25% him, but then he's mm-hmm. also doing so much more right. on the back end with like Facebook, Snapchat, uh, you know, constantly like working with our merch team does outdoor stuff. So, um, honestly, I, I probably just do most of, you know, the, the grunt day to day work that he doesn't yeah, yeah. Really want to deal with. Uh, and then he does, uh, a bunch of that other stuff that, you know, he's interested in. And also too, like, I think what's nice about the team that we have, it's pretty much, well, now five of us on social kind of, it's, mm-hmm kind of like four or five just yeah. kind of depends on it. like we have um grant who runs all the rep programs so he kind of made he looks over all the schools and stuff like that ryan does uh the golf account the mm-hmm. pups account and then girls on game day and, and ryan's a hysterical guy because uh he's just an absolute horn dog and so recently he's just been signing like only fans models it started with like it started with hot female college athletes yeah yeah. and now it's morphed into like him seeing a pair of tits on the internet and being like you want to like get some old row merch uh (laughs) that's uh, like a baller move (laughs) and uh then we have cat who is like our events coordinator now uh, and she does a lot with our with our merch and stuff. But I think what's great is that everybody kind of has um, a role that like they really enjoy. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, I get to do all the stuff that I like to do, and I'd like to think that Grant gets to do the things that he likes to do. But yeah, everybody gets to do what they like to do and what they enjoy. So I th- I think it works out well. Nice, nice. That's pretty sick. Okay, so then are you working in the barstool office as well? Yeah, I work in the barstool office. I, I work in the third floor, so. I'm kind of detached. I don't really, um, I'd say it's mostly on me. I'm just like, not very, um, I'm not, I'm not very like buddy, buddy with like a lot of like the content creators at Barstool. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly friends with like a few of them, but for the most part, I think it's kind of tough, um, for me to be as close of friends with the Barstool team as they are with each other, just because on a day-to-day basis, I'm mostly working with the guys at old row. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing a lot of things with, uh, with the Barstool side of things. Um, and so there's just like some disconnect there, but I mean, I love working in the Barstool office. It's always pretty fun. Um, and it's very like relaxing work environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love kicking back and chilling at my desk and, you know, doing some work there. It's, it's yeah, really yeah. nice. And so, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I like being in New York. I like being like in the action and, uh, getting to see, you know, the daily workings of Barstool mm-hmm. and it's good for old row and Barstool to be connected. So kind of, uh, somewhat of an olive branch between the two. 
That's awesome. That's I actually wanted to get into that too because um, so you're from San Francisco and you live in New York now. Um, me being from Chicago, it's where I live now. It, people are always saying like, oh, like all the gun violence is dangerous. And like I saw you go on a rant too about San Francisco, people saying how dangerous it was. Yeah. It's totally different when you're actually from there versus what some idiot yeah. like watches on the news. So like kind of break down like which place you like better. I know you said you like New York and like there's, there's positives and negatives and people who yeah. don't live there just talk shit on both. <laughs> yeah, you're you're opening up Pandora's box, but I'm gonna try, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to keep it as as brief as I possibly okay, can, yeah, which yeah. is not very brief. Uh-huh. Uh, I am very passionate about a San Francisco. B, I'm passionate about urban planning, and I'm yeah. passionate about public transportation. I'm pu- passionate about geography, and for the most part, I hate. Uh, politicians in government yep I so it just feeds it, it feeds into uh long long rants especially about the city of san francisco and i pretty much every time i meet a, a new person i somehow get involved into it but i mean i do it to myself because yeah, i yeah. talk about where i'm from and then i talk about it and people say oh how's san francisco these days and then i have to get into it but in terms of what I like about each city, San Francisco is, in my opinion, the most beautiful city on earth, mm-hmm. without a doubt. It's gorgeous. There's, there are canyons in the city uh, surrounded by water and ocean. The architecture's amazing. The nature, the parks, all that, just mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah. The food is exceptional. Uh, you can't find a better burrito on earth. You won't find better Asian food on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that. It's uh, San Francisco sucks because of the people. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco has not learned its lesson ever. They are going to continue to shoot themselves into, in the foot until the city goes bankrupt mm-hmm. everybody there kind of has their own ideology that they want to see out play or see play out mm-hmm. in san francisco they don't actually want to come up with practical solutions mm-hmm. and they're also getting paid to not solve problems right yeah if you're on a task force to end homelessness why would you want to end homelessness where if you end homelessness you'll be out of a job and so that's the vicious like cycle that's been yeah. happening in San Francisco. Everything needs 500 committees because government has become so massive in the city of San Francisco, you know, like a million, 3 million people fucking work for the government in San Francisco. Jesus. Not actually. I'm being, okay. I didn't know uh, that. That would have been nuts. No, I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> but everybody just works for the government now, yeah, which yeah. means that, Nothing gets done because everybody has their own ideas on how they want to spend millions and billions of dollars in that Mm -hmm. city budget. So say I want to build a park and this legitimately happened with the Bay Bridge. I always use the Bay Bridge as an example. The Bay Bridge connects Mm -hmm. Oakland to San Francisco and half of the bridge uh, fell down during the 1989 earthquake Mm -hmm. and it took 20 over 20 years to build half of a bridge. 
Jesus. And the reason, and, and not only that, it was the most expensive bridge ever built. And the span of it that they were rebuilding is something like two or three miles. Talking about a two or three mile bridge. Yeah. China built the longest bridge in the world. And obviously I don't like to use China as an example because it's China. Yeah. They yeah. built like a 13, 14 mile bridge for a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the city of San Francisco, or I guess the state of California is mostly the city of Oakland, but it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Spent 20 years building half of a bridge and spent, I want to say $9 billion on it. Holy shit. And the $9 billion doesn't go to the steel. It doesn't go to the nuts. It doesn't go to the bolts. It goes, it doesn't even go to the construction workers. It goes to the people that hire their buddies to create committees and they create another committee and they create another committee. So they say, Hey, let's build the bridge. And they say, Oh, well, before we build the bridge, we have to think about how the tides are going to affect the bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's hire five guys that are going to be put on $150,000, a year contracts mm-hmm. for the next five years to build this. Well, then one of those five guys says, Hey, tides are fine, but I'm worried about the dolphins. And so we say, okay, let's go f- hire mm-hmm. a dolphin expert. Yeah. And then the dolphin expert says, okay, well the dolphins might be okay, but we got to worry about the seagulls pooping in the water now. So let's go hire a seagull poop expert for $200,000 a year. And then the seagull poop expert says, well, when the seagulls go poop, (laughs) it's just, it's just a never ending cycle of bureaucracy. And that's, that's San Francisco government in, in its, entire what's the what am i looking for it's that's just what it is in a nutshell yeah yeah um and so anytime somebody wants to do anything positive or good for the community there has to be a hundred thousand people that need to get in there and put their own spin on things there has to be a hundred thousand hundred thousand people to say no we can't do that because i don't like it as opposed to think about the greater good of the city itself you can talk Mm -hmm. about the chase center in san francisco uh, which is New Warriors Arena, and a bunch of people. First of all, Joe Lake said, "I'm I don't want to deal with." He's the owner of the Warriors. He said, "I don't want to deal with the city of San Francisco because they're mm-hmm. all just fucking buffoons." So he said, "I'm gonna sack up and and pay for it myself." And the city of San Francisco is so dumb that they don't even realize it would have been smarter to put taxpayer money towards that because then they could actually produce income off of that Mm -hmm. now all the income from not only basketball games but concert shows whatever goes straight into joe lakeup's pockets yeah which good for joe lakeup yeah because the city of san francisco they didn't want to build a stadium there which is just ridiculous why wouldn't you want a huge income stream in your city why wouldn't you want a major attraction in your city yeah and you had people during that while they were building a stadium they said well what about the traffic I always go get coffee at Phil's across the street. And if there's a Warriors game going on, then I won't be able to get my Phil's coffee. Oh no. If the, I always do, I always do the same lap down the street. Um, and if I don't get to do the same lap down the street, because there are too many people there, then I'm going to be sad. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this because it's bad. It's bad. You can't, you can't do that. It's bad. (laughs) 
Uh, so anyways, that's San Francisco. Yeah. And then I love New York uh, because it's just so much fun. There's just always something to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it really is just a global city. Uh, and I like uh, people say, oh, well, Chicago's the same. It's like Chicago's not the same. I love Chicago. Yeah. In Chicago probably, you know, 20 times in my life. But even just the um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 when like something's not like tangible, like the the there's just something in the air about New York where you're like, okay, this is like the big fucking city. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you yeah, can't yeah. really compare that to any other city in the United States where you're like you're walking down the street in New York. You're like, yeah, I'm like here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's I think that's really awesome about the city. Um, it's intrinsic. Is that what I'm trying to say? I don't know. What what do they say when like what do they talk about athletes where it's like the it's like the, not the stats, but it's like the uh, um, I don't I don't know aura vibe check or podcast. <laughs> I don't fucking know. God, this is gonna drive me nuts. I have OCD too, so like when I don't, when I can't think of what I'm about to say or what I need, or if I lost, if I lose something, I I will look for that thing for 45 minutes. But I'm going to, for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to forget it. Uh, but yeah, New York's just awesome. I, I love I love walkability. I love being able to go down the street, up the street, and you know get all my shit done yeah. uh, within a couple blocks of me. Um, and then yeah, I love the Midwest too. So, you know, spent a lot four years in Madison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Chicago too, but it's just way too cold for me. Uh, you know, it's just it's that, not. Fun. Does it not get as cold in New York? No, it's not as cold. And that that's the thing people always ask me like, isn't New York cold too? And I always just say no, no, you. A Midwest winter is just it's just something different. Chicago is actually warmer than Madison. Yeah. Because you have the lake effect. Um but Madison, you know, Madison, Wisconsin is specifically what I know. And I think it's less about the how cold it gets on certain days, but it's more just how long the winter lasts mm-hmm. that that really gets to me. Yeah. Um and even now in New York, like it's becoming a little bit too cold for me. At the end of the day, like I am from San Francisco, it's not hot, but I used to think that, you know, San Francisco year round is 50 to 70 degrees. It doesn't get colder mm-hmm. than 50. It doesn't get any warmer than 70. Yeah. Yeah. And so I used to think, you know, 40 something degrees, it's pretty cold. And I used to think yeah. San Francisco is always cold, but then you go to Madison, Wisconsin, and it's winter from October to May, you know, yeah. it's, it, it it's it snows uh it always snows on halloween and the snow doesn't let up until the first weekend of may without yeah. like without question and so it's just it's just the length of it i, I need like sunlight yeah uh, right <laughs> like it's not exactly like the days where it's you know negative five degrees that sucks but i'd say the days that really suck you know are april it's like april mm-hmm. 15th and you're looking, especially for me, I'm on social media all the time and I'm seeing people out frolicking in the streets of, I don't know, like yeah, Dallas or LA or something uh-huh. like that. And meanwhile, you know, it's raining gloomy and a nice 35 degrees, uh, in mid April. So, I mean, the Midwest with weather aside, best place to live in the United States. Uh, but the weather is pretty daunting to me. And yeah. then the, the South, um, 
I like, but I don't love the South. I spent two months in Dallas and then I go down South pretty frequently for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my issue is just, it gets, it's just way too, way too damn hot. I feel like I've, I've come close to a heat stroke pretty frequently, especially when really? I'm drinking and boozing. Oh yeah. Not actually, but no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'll, know be out, I'll be out in the field. Sometimes I was in LSU and I, we were on the tailgate tour and I yep, made the dumb decision that. on, on the Saturday of the game to, to smoke weed at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. <laughs> beginning of like beginning of like a 90 degree day in baton rouge louisiana and i it wasn't even like i got exceptionally high or anything like that i was just so out of it i swear to god i probably ended up having to drink 30 water bottles just to get myself back to like a point of normalcy i was just so wiped so that can happen to you then also too i mean um I just don't love how spread out the South can be sometimes. I, mm-hmm. I just yeah. I like, I, I like living in a city and most of the cities down there to me just kind of feel like suburban sprawl, right. um, which is fine. It's great for going to top golf and movie theaters and stuff like that. And their whole foods are incredible down there. But mm-hmm. in terms of, <laughs> in terms of like day-to-day living, I, I, I do, I do love Charleston. Charleston's my favorite city in the South, and uh, mm-hmm. I love New Orleans. New Orleans is an incredible, great city. I'm trying to go for Mardi Gras next week, actually. But. Yeah, dude, I've been meaning to uh, to hit a Mardi Gras. I was supposed to go to the one during COVID, and then it got canceled. And so I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. Um, okay, I've only got a couple more questions here, and then I'll let you go. Um, more of a joke one, but no, actually, this is a serious one. So you once Venmoed me a dollar for a video, uh, but can you Venmo me $500 right now just because? <laughs> no i don't have okay. that type of money we can circle back 250 <laughs> no all right all right we'll, we'll, we'll send you five dollars <laughs> okay we'll, we'll figure it out um all right then the last one too super bowl is obviously coming up next week how confident are you in the niners to get it done and get this travis and taylor media tour like just done and over with you know i Oh man, the Niners for me, I just, I'm so done. I can't really make any predictions. Like I don't, I don't make predictions. I know that's not very fun, but I've gone through this now. This is second Super Bowl run in five years. Um, Third in my lifetime. And then Mm -hmm. we had back-to-back trips to the NFC championship and a bunch of other trips to the NFC championship uh, under Harbaugh and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, first of all, it was was my birthday on Saturday. And so when the Super Bowl used to be played, Mm -hmm. it used to be either be on my birthday or a day removed or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So in 2013, Ravens, Niners, I can't remember. I think it was the 2012 season and the Super Bowl was being played in 2013. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that was on my birthday and we lost that. So that was pretty Damn. devastating. Yeah. 2019, we played the Chiefs. My birthday was the day after. So I got a bunch of birthday texts being like, hey, sorry about the Niners. Happy birthday, though. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it's just been like a lot of a lot of heartbreak. And I know like I'm speaking from a spoiled fans perspective for sure, because most teams mm-hmm. in the NFL just stink. Yeah. But yeah. for me. I'm just like, I'm done making predictions and I've honestly, like, I've really tried to tune out of the whole like Taylor Swift narrative or mm-hmm. like try to get like embroiled into Twitter takes 
or like I can't stand when I see like that fucking dog that boops balls and balloons. Oh into, my god, the little into, corgi, in, yeah. Because then it just psychs me the fuck out, and I'll be like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a super, I'm such a superstitious person. Mm-hmm. Where it's like even today, like I saw the whole thing where it's like Taylor Swift's favorite number is thirteen. And so people are like, well, Brock Birdie's number is 13. It's like, dude, I, I can't get trapped into all that. Yeah, right. And I just, I like, so re, like this season specifically, I've been very much also like, I'm very, I, I don't, I haven't bashed any teams. Like you can look through, you can look through my, my Twitter account. Yeah. I have not made like any sort of, in, in past years, like after an NFL Sunday, like I'm just like, oh my God blah 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 just fucking stinks yeah and, yeah. I'm, and i'm just i psych myself out because i'm like shit dude i just talked shit about them that's gonna come back to me like that's gonna come back to the niners or like yeah, yeah. everything i feel like everything i do plays an impact on it which i know yeah, is very yeah, yeah. unhealthy so that's why like this year i was just especially just been like all right we're just gonna sit down watch the game i can't like think i i've actually been turning off my phone during playoff games because you know, the minute something goes wrong, I'm constantly just berated with like Niner stuck, Niner stuck, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Brock Purdy ass, you know, system yeah, yeah, KB yeah. and all this other shit, which I, I get too, because I mean, in, at, at my heart, I, I am, I'm a, I'm a hater too. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Tweet. Like I get it, you know, and, and like, obvious, here's the one thing I, I don't understand. Like I don't, I understand if you don't like San Francisco, Mm-hmm. politically like if that's your reasoning for like not liking san francisco totally understand that but then like i don't understand the san francisco hate for people that like don't care about that or just like hate the niners yeah i think i think it all goes back to the warriors um yeah which you know like again i i get it because like they were so successful like i i think that like there are a ton of 49ers fans that hate the 49ers because they hate the warriors and they hate warriors fans Okay. Which is me too. Yeah. But either way, like I do think like the nine, I, I don't, I haven't really understood like all the Brock Purdy hate when he is the last pick of the, he was the last pick of the NFL draft. Like right. I don't understand how you could really root against a guy like that. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go for it. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is too, is like the whole narrative of, oh yeah, well it's just because he has all these weapons around him. And honestly, it's the same thing with the Warriors. People like hated, Oh yeah, well it's just super to blah blah blah, and I'm like, you guys wish that was your team too. That's oh, what yeah. every single 100%. NFL, that's what every single sports owner should be doing is yeah. you go out and you spend all your fucking money, and then people target a, like just th- this is the the this is what I tip my hat to the NFL owners because they are the scum of the earth. Not even NFL owners, but every owner in major sports, yeah. and they somehow pass the buck so many times it's yeah. actually unbelievable it's like no don't hate me don't hate your billionaire owner who refuses to pay a cent go hate the other team because mm-hmm. their owner is spending money and investing in his team yeah and right. i always think that's just hilarious it's like i think that every team should be constructed like the 49ers if your team mm-hmm. isn't constructed like the 49ers don't get mad at the 49ers for doing it get mad yeah. at your owner mm-hmm. for not doing that because every team can do that it's right. just a lot of owners are actually poor, uh, like the McCaskies. They're broke boys. Mark mm-hmm. Davis, broke boy. And <laughs> they don't have any money like to their name except for daddy's team. Yeah, and yeah. so if they can't turn a profit, then 
they don't get to continue to have the same lavish lifestyle that they do. Yeah. But every, if you're, if you're serious about your sports franchise being successful, you need your family, your, the family ownership to sell the team, or you need them to figure mm-hmm. out a way to get people who actually care about the improvement of the team and the community itself, as opposed mm-hmm. to people that are just trying to line their wallets yeah, yeah. Um, as best they can, because they don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to the Super Bowl, though. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. It's just, it, it'll be fun. I, I just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to be happy until, until the f- final whistle. I mean, I might not ever be happy, so we'll <laughs> see if we could lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would really suck. You know, and but at the same time, like if we do lose, like I'm definitely not going to. I'm like I'm I'm definitely just going to distance myself from like the whole like Taylor Swift Swift aspect of the thing. Like I yeah. just, I don't want to be involved with that at all. Like I don't want to like. I just like that's just that's the part of the game where it's like that's that's not actually part of the game. That's just what I've been telling myself. It's like just focus on like the the thing that's on my TV because when I'm on my phone all day long, it's like, I'm just thinking about everything else outside of the game. I was even thinking today, you know, the fact that there's two weeks ahead of the Super Bowl is kind of ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. these teams will go out there. Like they're probably they're, the, the amount of stuff that they're doing in practice is probably very minimal this week. Mm-hmm. Like they already know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Right. All the teams are prepared. Like at this point, it's just going to be like, who's better, the Niners or the Chiefs? Like, mm-hmm. there's not going to be any sort of like edge that I think these teams are going to get right now. Like, I think all of that's said and done. I think when you're playing in championship games, it's like one of those things of A, now to be fair, like both of those teams, if they play 10 times, it's probably going to be a coin flip every time. That's probably mm-hmm. every single Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Is, you know, you play 10 times five times this team might win the other team, the five times this team will win. Yeah. So that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, and so it's just, I, I think, you know, like when it comes down to it uh, for the Super Bowl, it's just the best team's going to win. Like, I don't think that there's going to be any sort of like people talk about, people talk about like, Oh yeah, the refs are helping Mahomes and all that other type of shit. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really buy into that. I also think it's like pe- funny that people are saying like NFL rigs when they're literally talking about the best quarterback of all time. Uh, and, you know, we're yeah. talking about, you know, bad calls and stuff. It's like bad calls happen all the time. People get injured all the time. You have to, the the best team is going to have the better luck. Mm-hmm. And that's not because it's how it's scripted or because that's how the NFL wants it to go down or, you know, the refs have money on the game. It's just like, it's going to seem like all the calls are going towards the other team's other team's way. Um, when in reality, the reason why they're getting all those calls is just because they're better, you know, yeah, like they're right. putting their, they're putting their, their team into the best position and win a game in basketball. People, you know, like call out James Harden and like Joel Embiid cause they're foul merchants. It's like, well, they use the rules of the game in their favor. Patrick Mahomes knows that, Hey, you know, Oh, there's, there's, there's defensive penalty. There's a DPI down the field. Yeah, I'm gonna launch the ball up, and we're gonna get a bullshit pass interference call. Yeah. But every other team should be doing the exact same thing because. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the Chiefs are the only ones that know. Like, hey, we're we're taking advantage of the system. Like, oh hey, when when a defensive lineman comes up the gut, and 
you know, puts it on me, you know, maybe add a few more, you know, extra effects to it. And then I'm going to get a, a yeah. you know, roughing the passer call. Like, so that type of stuff, it doesn't really bother me because the best players are going to, are going to do that. They're going to use the rules yeah. to their advantage. Tom Brady did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So it should be a good game to watch. I hope it's entertaining. Obviously I hope the Niners win. Yeah. And I'll definitely be a lot cockier um, and annoying if they do, but yeah. for now, you know, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I hope it goes well for them. I hope it goes well for you as well. Uh, I'd like to be the first podcast to wish you a happy belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, and then too, yeah, man, just thanks for coming on. Before we go, is there anything you want to shout out, plug, anything like that? No, nothing I need to shout out or plug. Um, go Niners, follow me at Intern Watts. And... Yeah, thanks for talking to me. I hope I, I I didn't talk too much. Well, I I did talk pretty much the entire time. But um, <laughs> no, dude, that's all. That's, <laughs> dude, they've heard me talk enough. Like people are sick of hearing me. They want to hear you now. <laughs> okay, cool. But I hope so. yeah, thanks, man, for coming on. Uh, lastly, this interview was brought to you by Liquid IV. Use code Burn After for twenty percent off anything in the entire store. Uh, tweet me your orders, and I will again show up to your house and kiss you on the lips if you order Liquid IV with my code. Thanks, guys.